0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast, Monday edition. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place, joined by my co-host, Mr. Alex Horton. Happy Monday, y'all. Happy Monday. There is a significant delay here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's gotten bigger and bigger, but it is significant, and this is going to take some editing on your part.
1: Yeah, I've already...
0: Stressed out about it. <laughs> Love it. But we'll do our best. Well, we'll do our best. What do we have to talk about today? What what kind of dirt topics are on the agenda?
1: So we can talk a little bit about um, your self-isolation this past week, as yeah. well as we, we've got a, a couple great questions. Man, you know, we've talked, I think I maybe say this every week, but I mean it every week. The like quality of these questions are so good. Like it, it's, it's always something fascinating and really specific, um, and it's almost always a question that I want to know the answer to because I I don't necessarily know how I would attack that, that subject or that scenario. So I, I love that these questions keep coming in, and I'm like, oh, that's a great question. I wish I thought of that. Yeah, and uh, they're they're really
0: exciting to me because a lot of them are. Hey, I'm at this company, you know, want to help, you know, treat people better, make the culture better, this and that. And I, I, I don't know if it's us or that just the industry is naturally moving in that direction on its own. I'd like to think we're a little part of it though. We actually might be making a small difference. We might
1: actually be making the dirt world a better place. It's not just nonsense. Our whole company's mission is to make the dirt world a better place and Fingers crossed in some way, shape, or form, we are doing that. Even if it's just like a tiny, it might actually be per, working. A percentage of a percent. We're, we're, that's what we're trying to do. And yeah, that's just, what we're hoping
0: for. Just the people that uh, submit questions to our podcast. Even if yep, it's just it. those three people, we're making, we're, we're doing, we're doing, doing some big things here. Yep. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm excited about those questions, but to get into, what the heck I'm up to this week. I have been up in Red Lodge, Montana, just hanging out. So everybody's like, what are you doing? I'm like, "Mm, I'm just sitting. And uh, for the first time in a very long time, I've just been sitting and reading and thinking, which has been so productive. And I've had so many good ideas and I have a very heightened sense of mental clarity at this point in time and I am being very introspective right now and Alex is aware of that because our last podcast which was internal went on for probably 30 minutes more than it should have because we got into all sorts of weird topics like maybe my beliefs on hunting so uh, that's where I'm at It's it's been a really really nice week
1: yeah uh, love
0: to hear it. The pictures have been great. I'm,
1: like, I'm jealous of those. Uh, your your views sitting out on the back by the pond. Yeah,
0: I've been coming up here since I was a little kid, so this is a really special place for me. And it's a yeah. it's just a very beautiful place in general. But I, I uh, so I've been I've been kind of working every day just at my own pace. You know, if I want to go review something or write something, I will. But it hasn't been a whole lot of day to day. You know, not a whole lot of phone calls or uh, meeting, no meetings, anything like that. I'm just not a, the more I do this, the more I less and less subscribe to the whole, I need to go work and just do busy stuff for 16 hours a day, seven days a week to create any kind of meaning and impact in my life. I like these weeks where I, I don't do a whole lot and I allow myself to think and breathe and just chew on my thoughts. Are some of probably my pro- most productive weeks of the entire year. Yeah, it's very counterintuitive.
1: Well, I think that there's value in changing your uh, your environment. Um, I think that certainly starts to challenge your perspective a little bit, and maybe not just from like a business perspective, but I know that for me, even just like within my own home, if I like, man, I've got some work to do that's not editing the podcast, I'll just like go sit in a chair in the living room living room, and I'm like, it just, I don't know. that that I think that does something. And so when you're able to like go to a completely different place, you know, far from where you normally live and kind of unplug, recharge a little bit, but then also sort of still keep tabs on what's going on with the company. I think that's valuable for you and I think that's valuable for
0: us as well. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been fantastic. So I've, I've very much enjoyed it. I am getting to a point where I'm ready to get back into it. But it's nice to just not be busy. And I feel like I, and probably a lot of other people, you have this tendency to just fill up your day and fill up your schedule. And if your day is full, then you feel like you're doing something like, wow, I'm really doing stuff because I'm always doing stuff. And you don't sit there and ask yourself like, well, okay, I'm busy, but am I actually really accomplishing things? Because there's probably a lot of days that I have that, sure, I'm very busy, but I'm not necessarily helping our business get any better significantly. I'm not necessarily helping forward our mission. I'm not necessarily uh, doing what I need to be doing. Um, and this is just a nice reset, and 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 helps me get my perspective back to where it needs to be. Of okay, I need to spend more time. Thinking and and creating rather than just purely doing because if I get caught up in just doing all the time we're gonna get off track.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to you know keep your head and on the construction straight. That's industry. Important.
0: They they fall into this trap all the time too. Yeah, well, I, like the industry, I see this a lot. It's like, and we've talked a little bit about this. Could a ten-hour day be just as productive? Could a 10-hour shift be just as productive as a 12-hour shift if you're more deliberate and thoughtful about it? I probably, I mean, on average, on average, sure, sometimes you do need to work the extra two hours. You do need to put in the extra time. But if you came at it from a perspective of how do we accomplish this amount of work that we think is going to take 12 or 14 in 10 or eight, I think you could actually do it. And if you have motivated people and and you challenge the the status quo and you have new technology you can become a lot more efficient. Um but I feel like people just feel good about billing all these hours and getting to brag about how many hours they work. And it's this weird um like everybody's kind of burnt out. Everybody doesn't really have the family life they want to have in this industry. But yet everybody still brags about the monster 100-hour weeks they put in. It's like, well, maybe you could go build more and accomplish more and probably make even more money and make the company more profitable and have a better time working 55 hours a week compared to 90 if you were just more deliberate about it. But then again, Alex, I'm a complete idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what we have going. I guess we can touch on the office too. Office is almost done. They just sealed the floors. We got millwork going in this week. Electricals getting finished up. We are in the final stretch. And that's pretty crazy to say. So in the next two weeks, watching, be watching on our social media because it's gonna be it's gonna be there. We're gonna have furniture. And by August first, I will be working in that damn office whether there are people working above me and around me or not. I don't care. Yeah. I will be working there though.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm excited to see how that um, helps our team. I'm excited to see mm-hmm. how that helps our partners. And I'm excited to see how that um, helps our listeners of the podcast too. Our production our production capabilities are going to go up in a way that makes the podcast better, um, makes it more accessible for, for people. So I, I think that's all good things for me.
0: Yeah, so we're not recording podcasts at my dining room table or right now I'm recording it on a ice cream bar we don't you need know, more of that
1: it's where we need a lot of our people.
0: dedicated studio yep we are we are podcasting professionals damn it we need a professional studio to match damn our it. professional level of podcasting Just yeah. what we're doing um one other important note is yeah. that uh the skid steer is at Thompson
1: Cat whoa yeah that's pretty important yeah i am not you're gonna drive that thing i'm uh, gonna drive it everywhere (laughs) but i I, i'm still
0: not home for um, yeah when do i get home i get home like in a week or two a week and a half um and even then i might might not be able to pick it up but it's in tennessee so congratulations to whoever caterpillar outsources logistics to for getting the machine from north carolina to tennessee in a six-week period
1: wow that was very fast um before we go so to questions, I've a one one quick uh tangent to go along with your six week uh trans transportation of the skid steer from North Carolina to Tennessee. Um I've mentioned All before that yep. my wife and I bought a couch in January and mm-hmm. yes. they said couch twelve to, to sixteen yep. they twelve to sixteen week lead time, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Well, it just never came and they were like, Oh, uh, well, let us know in two weeks if you don't hear. And this happened like three times. So basically, my wife went to the store we ordered it from and burned the place down yesterday. Um, she said, "I need to talk somebody, and I'm going to lay into them." And they're like, "Oh, geez, okay." Ooh. And she then all full, of a, Karen. Yep, and she felt good about it. And all of a sudden, guess who got a call today saying, "Hey, can we schedule your your delivery for next week?" There we go. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying I I can commiserate with you, but also, um pumped the F up because we currently have no furniture in that room. Well, let's
0: let's just continue going down this tangent because we ordered a <laughs> bunch of appliances yeah. for our office and um, the company says they're on the way. We say, fantastic. Just the microwave shows up. Just the uh, microwave. We're like, okay. So, where's everything else? We find out that they deliver it to our office address is 1400 Adams street. They delivered it to 1400 Adams street in a different city. (laughs) So (laughs) we get a call from whoever's at 1400 Adams street. Oh my gosh. Saying, Hey, there's some appliances here just sitting on the street They're I think they're yours. Can you come pick them up? So our contractor drives out to this city, goes and picks them up. We get our appliances. Everything's all good. Except we're missing a range. We don't know where the range went. Oh my gosh. So, a range was just lost, which is, I mean, that's a a sizable uh, yeah. thing to lose, an entire range for a kitchen. Uh And and the problem is, everything, the lead times on everything are insane. So, they're like, oh no, it'll be like 8 to 12 weeks before you get another one. We're like, no, 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 like, no, 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 hell no, 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 no. That's not how this works. <laughs> We've been waiting on this damn thing for three months now. We're not going to be waiting another three months just because you guys misplaced an entire range somehow. Yeah, so we jump we in the front that of that line now, and we're getting yeah. It's 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 insanity. Um. So yeah, that's my that's my uh,
1: poor delivery story for today. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I can't talk anymore about this. So I'm going to have an anxiety attack. Um, all right, yeah, so first question. Let's do it. This is from Dylan. He says, "I was recently moved to a new job this week with a different grading foreman. He is a bit older and has that rough and tough personality. As usual, I'm a curious person, and that means I ask a lot of questions to learn what's going on on the job. I have asked this particular foreman a few questions about the job or a specific task, and when I don't understand what he means right away, he tends to get mad and impatient with me. He doesn't explain things well at all, and that leaves me and the other laborers confused. What should I do? That is a a good one. That's a good, a very good one. So,
0: so the funny thing is, I might actually ask this question. We're 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 interviewing Jocko on Monday in San Diego for Build With Leaders, uh, which is going to be very very cool. I might, Alex, if you could send this question, yeah, to me to ask Jocko when we film with him for build it leaders, that would be fantastic. I, for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to do my best to answer it. I, so I would do my best to understand what he wants without him getting all bent out of shape. I would work as hard as I can. Um, that's a big thing. Just put your head down work. If he wants it done a certain way, I would just do it that way and do it really well even if you've kind of asked clarifying questions, haven't got the clarification, are confused. And then, you know, if things don't go like they should be going, explain that, hey, they're not going this way because you're not explaining it to us as 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 well as we need you to explain it to us. Um, so I would... I guess the the way I would do this is I would just bust your ass with what, regardless of what whatever you're doing, just do your best, as 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 well as you possibly can. Try to ask for clarification. If you don't get the clarification, just do it in the best way you think it should be done. And then if the problems arise, try to explain that hey, we're doing this in the best way we know how, but we need your help. Like, we, we, we're not getting the help we need from you. We're not getting the explanation we need from you. This is not clear. And that's why things aren't going as well as they should be. So I would, yeah, I would just approach it hard work, genuine curiosity with the guy. You know, really, maybe 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 it's 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 how you're asking the questions or clarification. Maybe you're getting a little frustrated. Or maybe you're not being as clear as you should be on asking for clarification with that extreme ownership mentality. Maybe just approaching. How can I? How can I approach this guy differently? How can I ask the same question in a different way? How can I maybe just warm this guy up to answering my questions in the first place, and and just get him just get him comfortable with even just talking with me? How can I form that relationship with this guy? Because it's probably that you don't have like it's a new form and new relationship. You just don't have the relationship you guys need to communicate effectively. So maybe it's asking yourself. How can I build a relationship with this guy? Maybe he said he was going to ride his razor this weekend. Okay, on Monday, I'm going to be sure I ask him, "Hey, how how was how was this weekend? I heard you were out in the dunes with your razor. How was it?" Like I'm I'm really, do you have any pictures? Build that relationship with that guy. Because if you have that relationship with that guy, he's going to be even if he's that rough and tumble asshole, he's going to be more inclined to help you out down the road. So I think after talking this one through, that's what I would do. I would work as hard as i can regardless of my understanding i would try to do it the best way i know how with the other people there and then i would try to build a better relationship with the foreman instead of saying he just he's just a rough and tumble asshole and and he he won't explain stuff and getting frustrated i would ask myself all right how can i build a better relationship with this guy how can i how can i learn how to how to talk to him more effectively that's what i would do but. I will ask Jocko that exact same question on Monday, and we will get a much more refined answer from him.
1: I have already forwarded you the question. We'll, we'll work it out and uh, we'll make sure to maybe we can like drop it into the podcast, or um, at least you could talk about what he said. That's going to be great. That'd be super cool. Yeah, we could yeah. take the audio.
0: Oh, yeah, let's do
1: that. Let's do that. That'd be sick. Um, Good well, idea. Thanks, Dylan, for reaching out. Stay tuned because we'll have more for you. Um, next question from Zach. He says, Aaron, what work boots and hard hat do you wear and why? So when I started
0: out in construction, I bought myself a pair of garbage boots. I went to, I think it was Sears, and I'd never been to Sears before in my life. But I was like, all right. I think I might have just Googled like where they sell work boots. Oh, they sell them at Sears. Okay, great. I'll go to Sears and buy myself some work boots. I bought myself some work boots. I thought they were super cool at the time. Like really, really cool because I had work boots. And as I've explained before, I was not brought up by a working class family in a working class area. I had really never worked in my life and when I did the work in Montana, I don't know what I wore. I must have just worn, you know, crappy tennis shoes. I didn't even understand that boots made working a lot more enjoyable. So, I buy myself a pair of steel toe. I think they were like Timberlands or something like that. Oh yeah, you, you've just which told is, me that. <laughs> they're very, yeah they're 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 very fashionable, and that's what I thought a true work boot was. But oof, they were so uncomfortable, and they broke. And they started ripping apart real easily. So I went to the the guys I was working with, and they were all they were all Mexican guys. The some of the best people I've ever worked with, just just unbelievable guys. And and I asked them, uh. Wh- I need a new pair of work boots. Where should I go? And they're like, "Oh, you need to go to La Gran Bota," because they're they're Mexican guys and they they you know live in that part of Phoenix where it's you know La Gran Bota is the boot store of choice. And so I drive to that part of you know it's a different part of town, um, town I'm not familiar in. Go to La Gran Bota. You know, I'm greeted by a guy with a a 44 on his hip. And I'm like, okay, so this is a different part of town. And I go buy myself a pair of uh, Ariat work boots because that's what I liked the best. And I, I, I tried some different ones out. I'm like, okay, these are really cool. And I, I think I went with the Ariats because I had a foreman at the time who I thought was super, super cool. And he wore them. And it has like the little leather flappy flap just above the toe. I don't, know if, I don't know if you can visualize that, but I thought it was the coolest damn thing. It was like, man, that is cool. And that guy's cool. And he wears those boats, boots. So I'm going to get those boots. So I go to La Grande Bota. I get my Ariats. I think I am hot shit wearing these Ariats. But the coolest thing was about these boots, they were super comfortable. So then I started wearing them everywhere. I was working in them. I was hiking in them. I was just wearing them just kind of around town just to wear them. And, and they became just like my go-to footwear whenever I was doing anything dirt-related whatsoever. Yeah, so I wear Ariat Cascade Square Toe lace-up boots. I'm not a fan of the pull-on work boots. I have pull-on boots that I wear otherwise, but I'm just not a fan of the pull-on boots in general. I just don't find them as comfortable. And some sites we go to require lace-up boots for whatever reason, which is odd um so that's what i wear and i get so many questions about what boots i wear because i post I, I they just end up on the internet and every time they end up on the internet i pro i get at least like 15 or 20 messages asking what boots so that's Ariat cascade boots hard hat wise i worked for different companies and i've had all different hard hats and the, the plastic hard hats great but it seems like the guys with like that are seasoned and have this this different level of respect have the fiberglass hard hats. I don't know what it is about, and they just look cool and they're just unique. So I've always loved fiberglass hard hats. I've loved them, and I said, you know, when I start a company, I'm gonna have a fiberglass hard hat. So I bought a fiberglass hard hat. It's a MSA fiberglass hard hat. You can get them anywhere. They're they're pretty common. They're like a hundred bucks. So yeah. that's the hard hat. I wear and we buy them for everybody at the company now.
1: Um yep, definitely like my hard hat. I've I've worn like shitty hard hats before and this is not that. Um and then I also have Ariat boots, although I have pull-on boots, so there you go. I I just don't like the thing with the
0: I don't mind the pull-on in general, but uh traveling in them. I really don't That's, like and I travel in issue. my boots. Yeah, cuz we, you know, we're we're, we're traveling we go so many places so fast. Like like last week, I had seven flights. When you have seven flights, you want to just be as, as streamlined as you can. So I don't want to have to worry about carrying around boots. Like that's a lot of weight to just carry around an airport worry about. So I just travel in my boots. And I'd say if you're, if your boots are not comfortable enough to travel in, you're wearing the wrong boots. I'm a big, big believer in they should just be comfortable enough to wear all hours of the day, or else you're in the wrong boots. So big fan of of Ariat there, and um, I've been approached by all the other boot companies, you know, Cat and Red Wing and this and that. Hey, we'd like to send you your boot, send, send you our boots. It's not. I'm like, no, I'm good. I've I've loved these since since I was working in the field. I've never had a problem with them. I have no reason to go elsewhere. Big fan. So that's just like genuine. I don't have a deal with Ariat. I don't have a deal with MSA. I just like the both of them. And I'm going to take this opportunity Alex to go on a little bit of a hard hat rant. Oh, I am. There in. are those stupid hockey helmet chin strap hard hats that are becoming more and more common with GCs. Here I go on GCs again. And I am not okay with it. Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. I am really praying that those those do not become a standard, because I am really afraid they are going to make those a standard, and ruin hard hats as we know them by making us wear rock climbing helmets with chin straps on them. I mean, that's absolutely what they look like. Yes, it's a real danger. Like it's a it's a it's a real problem. And I stand up for what I believe in, and I believe those are stupid.
1: What's well, wrong with the normal? I think you're right. Art? They are stupid. What's wrong? What's wrong with it?
0: <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you wear those. I'm sorry if you believe in them. I just I cannot stand those things. I can't. I can't stand them. I, I don't even know why they make me so angry. I can't <laughs> even give so you solid up. reasons. I'm so I. They make me so mad, uh, and yet I can't even give you legitimate a, a legitimate rationale behind why I don't like them. I just really don't like them.
1: Well, and that's why we use the hard hats. We do use. Yeah. There you go. So, there you go. Cool. Well, hopefully that covers it, Zach. Last question. This one is anonymous. My boss constantly makes promises to our customers that he knows very well we cannot keep. Instead of just being honest and telling them what the situation is, i.e., we don't have as much help as we would like to on this job, we have equipment breakdowns, we don't have enough truck drivers to keep the project moving, blah, blah, blah. He just tells our customers what they want to hear. So my question is, in business, is it ethical to just tell people what they want to hear sometimes instead of telling them the truth?
0: I have learned that the truth is always the better way to go. Always the better way to grow. And we talked about it with Jocko. Like He was like, always take the high ground always take the high ground. Even if it seems like a short-term loss, always take the high ground. Always defer to the truth. Now, that's not a reason and an an excuse to just be an asshole because you can be like, well, I'm, I'm just telling the truth. And you can be an absolute asshole about it. That's not what it's about. But I have learned in business, telling the truth, being honest about capabilities, owning mistakes, It gets you so much further, so much faster than trying to act like you're an expert or trying to, you know, try, trying to, 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 to just tell them what they want to hear, even though it's going to back you into a corner. That never, that has never worked out for us. That has never worked out for us. So, from personal experience, I've learned that it's so much worth, way more worthwhile to just stick to the high ground. Every single time an opportunity like that happens, and even if it gets you into some deep shit short term, you will be very thankful that you took that ground long term. And even if, even if that com- completely ends in a disaster, you can at least look yourself in the mirror like, "Hey, I did what I thought was right." And there's a lot of value into that too. Whenever we're we're in a tight spot as a business, we ask ourselves, "What's what's you know we have we have a value? Do what's right." Okay, what's the right thing to do here? And then transparency wins. That comes into place too. Okay, what what's the right thing to do here? What, we should tell them the truth. What's the truth? Okay,
1: we're going to tell them the truth. It plays out well long-term every single time. Okay, so my my first job um, at like a creative agency that I ever had, um, the person running it had the philosophy that um, in order to grow a business, you should be making promises that you don't necessarily know how you will keep that promise yet. And I always felt really weird about it. So it was like, say we can, if whenever somebody asks for us to do, we say, yes, we can do it. And then we have to figure out how to do that. And this is, that always made me feel weird, but this is like totally different. This is the the boss saying, well, here's here's what, that you asked. Yeah, 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 of course we can do that. Knowing full well that like that's just not realistic. And that's hard. I mean I, that would be very hard to be a part of.
0: No, I like there's 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 value in being aspirational. Like I know a lot of companies pride themselves on doing the projects that other people say are impossible. I get yeah. that. But if someone's asking for 3 trucks and you know there's only 2, there's no aspiration about that. It's no, yeah. you only have two trucks, so that it's 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 different. Like I'm sure there's people that could argue that using that. Well, no, it's good to it's good to say yes. Even and I did that starting my company. I said yes to stuff I didn't know how to do, but we figured it out. Okay, sure. There's merit in that, but this is when you know when you know it, or you're pretty damn close to really understanding it. And still saying you can do something when you know you can't—that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it, ha- it happens all the time in this world, and 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 it happens just in life in general. So I just—it's never—it's never worth it. We've done it; it doesn't work. It's hard in our business. Maybe it works for your business, great. It doesn't work for us though. Agreed. With you. Cool. Well, that is it for questions that's a podcast everybody if you have questions those were really really great questions direct them to dirt talk at buildwit.com. thank you everybody for listening thanks for all the kind notes that you send us it's really really exciting to see the level of impact we're able to create with this stupid little podcast we do I mean I've, I mean, a, this very well respected number one podcast in the dirt world that we do and one more month until we're in our new studio i can't wait i can't wait either so we'll see you on the next episode until then stay dirty everybody
1: stay dirty y'all